Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Melanie C and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, October 12, 2017 and this is a 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book. We're on page 157 starting with paragraph 7 and it starts with the two friends spoke of their experience and it will go over to read and share on two full paragraphs today and that ends with Melanie, I'd be boiled now. Oh, Gina, we've already started. Thanks so much. Thanks. We've already recorded. Thanks so much. The um, readers for today are 12 Steps, Lisa H., The 12 Traditions, Leslie C. And reading today for us from the for the study is Marie J. and Kathy Jo P. Thanks so much. The reference number today, let's see, we're going to go with yesterday's 10 a.m. Eastern Time Share ID, and that's 10537. 10537 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time on October 11th, Wednesday. And then for this morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, that share ID for that recording purpose is 10540. 10540. That would be for Thursday, October 12th. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Lisa H. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning. Thank you. Uh, this is Lisa H., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Tennessee. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, 
we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you so much, Lisa H. I will now ask Leslie C. to please read the 12 Traditions. Good morning. This is Leslie C. in Southern California, and I'm a compulsive overeater on the path to recovery. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you, Leslie C. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to remute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 157, and that's the seventh paragraph, starting with the two friends spoke, and we're going to read through and share on two paragraphs, which ends at the top of 158, I'd be boiled as an owl. 
And I will ask Marie J. to begin our study and reading today. Good morning. Thank you, Marie. Hi, Melanie. Can you hear me? I can. Loud and clear, madam. Great. Thanks. This is Marie J., and I am gratefully recovered in Colorado. The two friends spoke of their spiritual experience and told him about the course of action they carried out. He interrupted, I used to be strong for the church, but that won't fix it. I prayed to God on hangover mornings and sworn I'd never touch another drop, but by 9 o'clock I'd be boiled as an owl. What a concise little paragraph, you know. This speaks of a spiritual experience and a course of action. Both have to be there, a course of action sometimes I forget about. And, you know, I've gone to church for my whole life. I was compliant and obedient, and uh, that was all in my youth in my parents' church. And then I found a church that was a better fit for me when I was an adult, and I've been in that church for decades, and I have been compliant with that system, that system that fits me better. But there was still a difference when I came into this program because this spiritual program is very different. I was compliant in that church. I was listening and doing what I was told to do in a church that I believed in, in a system I believed in. I was following instructions, but I was never really surrendering, surrendering to a God of my understanding. And here, I'm not asked to figure out God, and I'm not asked to teach God, and I'm not asked to tell you what God is, but I'm here to practice a connection with a power that is greater than myself and to be open to experiencing God in a way that is completely personal to me. So I don't have to comply with somebody else's belief. You know, compliance implies surrender, but I think it really blocks surrender because there's a little bit of sense of reserve and having to do what somebody else says and, and not really having a full abandonment, which I think is required for surrender. The abandonment fully willing to greet the unknown without any kind of reservation, both feet in. And, and to be able to have an experience and trust that my own single personal experience of God is real and true. And I was so accustomed in my youth and in my adulthood to, to believing, being told what to believe, and, and that was always where it ended. You know, I wasn't happy and free, but I was compliant, and I believed. And I never took the action, we talk about the action, to allow myself to give myself permission to think outside of the box and experience what all you people were talking about when I came in here, a personal experience out of my own understanding. So that's the difference for me here when it says a spiritual experience and a course of action. Every day my course of action is the same, to stay in connection with this power that I can't explain to you because your experience of it's going to be different than mine. And I can't tell you what it is. I can't tell you how I, I, I can tell you how I practice, how I practice daily staying in contact, receiving directions for living and being useful and being selfless. And I'm never perfect, especially at being selfless, you know, but my life is more useful. My life is happy. My life is free. And the power provides more than I will ever need. All my creature comforts and my work and everything that I need is provided for me because I am surrendered to this. And I'm, I'm completely surrendered one day at a time. So if you're new to this, or if you're struggling with higher power, I really encourage you to just let go of what you were told, what you know, might have been shoved down your throats, and 
Just ask the power to reveal itself to you and ask for the experience of the power in meditation and ask every day to be willing to be completely blown away because you have no idea. This I have no idea. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger and more and more is revealed. So it's just so, what a great little paragraph. Thanks so much. I pass. Thank you, Marie J. We're sharing our experience, strength, and hope on paragraph seven and eight on page 157 of the big book. Who would like to get us going today? Gina R. R. Millie D. Terry H. Terry K. B. Terry H. Got you, Terry H. Nadia B. Nadia. Okay, let's see what I have here. Let me read it back so you all can know. I have Gina R. I have Roz G. I have Millie D. I have Terry H., Sherry K.B., and Nadia B. Is there anyone else? Lauren K. Lauren, Marin K. Thank you. Okay. Lisa F., okay, if good. there's time. You betcha. Lisa? And S. Like them? And then I think I heard one more person wanting to scooch in there. Uh, yeah, this is Clay. C-L-A-Y, Clay. if there's time. First initial of your last name, Clay? H. H. Okay, got it. Let's stop there, ladies and gentlemen. I have Gina, Roz, Millie, Terry, Sherry, Nadia, Marin, Lisa, and Clay. Good morning, Gina. Good morning, Mel. This is Gina R., gratefully recovered and now awake in Green Valley, Arizona. Thank you so much for moderating and for Team Thursday and especially um, all the backup singers. Um this paragraph um, really makes me kind of laugh and sort of be sad at the same time because um, for many years after coming through um, the doors of our sister uh, mothership fellowship, um, I was very, very active in my faith and religious community and never, never really understood that it was actually a key part of feeding what I now know and call my first um, addiction and drug of no choice, and that was food. I was very, very involved, and when I was doing my um, food history, um, I got really clear that that was probably where I was the most gluttonous, was inside um, the church. And um, I can think of many retreats and um, things where really the focus was on the food, um, not just for me, but really for everybody. And some of it was by design. There were things where, or opportunities where they wanted to provide a, a bounty and feast of food so that the people who were going through the various experiences would feel the love of God. And it was, it was very overt and very intentional. Um, and then all of the potlucks. Um, so now it's, it's kind of crazy, but I look at those experiences and it's almost as if I was, you know, if I was an alcoholic, I would be going into a bar and getting slammed every time I would have one of those experiences. But I was doing that inside the church now that I'm aware that those are the things or that activity and those choices I made 
were actually keeping me blocked from having the full experience that I believe God wanted me to have, it really makes me sad. But I still see so many people um, doing that. I don't have to stand in a place of judgment. I can just be um, who I am. And if I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing, then I will be an attractive vessel that will allow others to ask me, hey, what is going on with you? How are you doing that? And how are you doing that happily? How are you experiencing freedom? And that's what I intend to do today. And very, very grateful to be here and grateful for the graces of this program and for the love of everybody. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Gina R. Roz G., you're next. Hi, Melanie. Um, this is Roz G. I'm, I'm like walking into my job right now, but I, I had to share because I've been sleeping through the first meeting. I've been so tired. I've been writing a lot late at night. And if I, I feel like I'm missing because I'm not participating and I'm tired, but so I'm here. But I just wanted to say that um, how many times did I wake up in the morning and say, I'm not going to eat this today? And just like the guy said, boiled as an owl, well, I was eating hard-boiled eggs, just a joke, but I was eating all the stuff that I said I wasn't going to eat by, by breakfast. And I, too, ate two breakfasts with my church. I mean, we, I went to ladies' Bible study, and half the thing was what, what really was more important to me was what, what goodies were on the table versus what treasures were in the Bible, so I get that. And then just the, the identification that the two men brought to this guy um, are practiced this day for me. I get to identify face-to-face with other compulsive overeaters twice a week in my town. And every day, uh, well, six, six days a week on this phone line when I could get there. So I have to walk into work now, but I just needed to share. Thank you very much, and I pass. Well, thank you, Ross G. Millie D, star one, please. You're next. Hi, I'm Millie D from San Diego, recovered um, for another day. Uh, Today is my 70th birthday, and the gift that this program has given me is far beyond any gift that anyone could give me. And I took myself to the convention in Newark for, for my birthday present, and I'm so grateful I did, and I'm so grateful to be on the line this morning. Um, I, too, uh, the, the shares today have been wonderful already. Um, when he talks about how he went on a bender and he prayed to God not to have a hangover uh, the next morning, and, and I would do that every night. I would sit in my easy chair with my bowl of ooey-gooey stuff, and, uh, and I would eat it, and then I would get the ease and comfort. Oh, I'd feel so much better. And and I then I'd vow never to do that again because I felt so guilty. I only felt better for a moment towards the end. It was just for a split second. And then I had so much guilt. I need to hear the spiritual experience. I was not raised in any kind of a, a religious environment. Um, neighbors took us to church on Christmas and maybe to Easter and, and that sort of thing. But, but I, 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 not in my home. We didn't go to church. And hearing people speak of this spiritual experience is so very important to me. Um, 
I had a vital spiritual experience which brought me back into this program after being gone for 22 years. In 2002, I was driving to the grocery store and my life was in shambles and I couldn't quit eating. And I called out, I said, God, please help me. I need you to show me a way to out of this. And I got out of my car and that thought had left me. I was walking in to the grocery store and I looked down and OA was written on the curb. And I had, so I needed to have a vital spiritual experience. And so I know God is with me every day, but I need to be reminded and I need to speak when I'm at meetings about how my life has transformed with this, with this program. Not only have I kept off close to a hundred pounds for 15 years, it's my whole life is different. My relationship with my son who um, who grows pot for a living, and, you know, that's his thing. I can love him anyway today with my family. Everybody I've ever loved in my life has been an alcoholic, and, and I, I just, my life is so transformed that I not only need to speak of this at meetings, I need to, others to tell me because, because I will forget. I've got that built-in forgetter. But um, I'm so grateful um, every single day for to the, one of the biggest things I'm grateful for in this program that I learned that food is not my problem. You know, my problem is my inability to live life on life's terms. And when I when I work my program like my hair is on fire, like I have been doing, um, my life is transformed every day. And I thank you very much for letting me share. Have a wonderful day. Pat. Thank you, Melody. Thank you. Terry, yeah, Terry H. Hi, everyone. My name is Terry H., recovered compulsive overeater, bulimic anorexic in North Carolina. Very grateful today. Um, two friends spoke of their spiritual experience and told him about the course of action they carried out. Uh, I am so grateful for this and, and these two guys going into this hospital and, and, and talking to this third guy um, to share. You know, for me today in my, in my recovery, you know, that's all I have. I am not a professional in foods. I am not a professional in, in spirituality, you know, but I am, I am the professional in my experience, strength, and hope because it's what I have and what I can share today. Um, you know, and, and it's part of my recovery program, you know, when those opportunities come up, you know, and people um, are asking me questions, you know, that is what I, I need to do for my, my 12 step is work with people and share my uh, experience, strength and hope. And I'm, I'm so grateful for those opportunities. You know, I, spirituality and religion are two totally separate entities to me. Um, and I'm just really um, grateful for my connection with my higher power today, you know, and seeking him each day and um, asking, you know, how can I be of maximum service? You know, sometimes it's just to show up and participate in life and be open. And sometimes it's to work with other uh, people in uh, recovery. And, you know, I just try to be open to that and whatever, you know, I'm being asked to do. But I have to take the actions. You know, it was, it's not just sitting back and listening to other people and reading the big book. You know, it's going out and sharing and being vulnerable and, and doing what I need to do. You know, yesterday I'm, you know, I'm going through some changes in my life and, 
yesterday I was cleaning up uh, my friend's apartment because I'm going to be moving in. And I arbitrarily made some decisions to throw some things away that didn't really belong to me, but I felt they needed to be thrown away. And my friend asked me later on in the evening where those things were. And I was like, oh, and, you know, I, I needed to make amends. You know, I needed to make amends to my friend and know that I, I just can't arbitrarily do those things, even though I believe that they should have been discarded. And so, you know, that's the big thing in my program today is just being honest and owning up and, you know, taking the actions, doing the things I need to do every day to clear those blocks. I don't want any blocks between me and my higher power. I need every bit of my higher power um, to work my program each and every day. And, and I'm just very grateful for this. Um, I'm very grateful for Bill and Bob just to go out there and do the work they needed to do because, you know, they were in a tough spot and they knew what they needed to do for their recovery. And this third gentleman is a result of that. And um, I'm grateful. Thanks. I pass. Thank you so much, Terry H. Sherry KB, you're up next. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Reader. Thank you so much for your service, Melanie, and welcome to everybody on the line, and thank you for all your service of everybody on the line. Um, <clears throat> you know, this paragraph, and it's a small one, but it, it's a big one. Um, two friends spoke of their spiritual experience and told him about the course of action they carried out. And this course of action is really steps four through nine, and then living in 10, 11, and 12. But the spiritual experience I love um, on page 27, when it, it describes what a spiritual experience is, it's occurrences or phenomena. They appear to be in the nature of huge emotional displacements and rearrangements, ideas and emotions and attitudes, which once were the guiding forces of the lives of these men are suddenly cast to one side, and a completely new set of conceptions, conceptions, and, and motives begin to dominate them. Emotional rearrangement. So for me, that's a personality change, a transformation in my thinking and feeling and attitude. Um, and that's what's happened to me, um, becoming a recovered person, um, getting abstinent first and then becoming a recovered person. Um, and I always like to read the vital spiritual experience on page 567. Um, also, as far as the used to be strong for the church, um, you know, for me, um, I'm grateful that I'm a very spiritual person and this is not a religious program because if it was, I'd be out the door in 10 seconds, 10 seconds flat. Um, and that, you know, I was one of the people that made my higher power my errand boy. If you do this, I'll do that. If you do this, I'll do that. If, if, couldn't I just eat the way I want and lose weight? I mean, I was always asking God for that uh, when I was younger and hate to say even not too, you know, many years ago, but still. Um, and, you know, what I know is this is a spiritual program. This is for me to get unblocked so I can have a, a relationship, a direct relationship with a power greater than myself. And it's amazing what, what these 12 steps do. They're all spiritual. This book to me is divinely inspired. And just seeing the changes that has happened for me, is amazing to me, and it is about conscious contact with, with my higher power at all times, and that's the difference. I used to have conscious contact with food. Now I have conscious contact with my higher power. I turn to my higher power for ease and comfort, whereas in the past I used to turn to the food for ease and comfort, 
And, you know, they say that um, food was the solution. I don't think so. Um, you know, it had been the solution. I always want to say it had been the solution because it wasn't my problem. My problem was between my ears and not having a relationship with a power greater than myself, um, which I choose to call God, and I'm very grateful for all of you. Thank you, and then I pass. Thank you, Sherry KB. Nadia B., you're next. Thank you so much for your service, Melanie. This is Nadia, grateful, recovered, compulsive reader in Connecticut. I can so relate to that, um, you know, the third recovered, uh, the man in bed, we call him. Um, I used to be just like that, <laughs> you know. Um, I know already, you know, I, I know God. I, I knew everything. My husband used to call me an oracle because before, uh, once he asked the question, I already knew. I knew everything. I knew how to answer. I knew all you know, I knew everything, and that had to change. Um, that, you know, we almost hear the self-pity, and I used to be strong for the church, but that won't fix it, right? I already know. I knew so much that um, it got me to where I was, you know, in depression and um, in the food, overweight. Um, and, uh, you know, I think today um, that's, uh, if I'm thinking that I'm doing God's will, it doesn't mean that I'm actually doing so. I don't really know that. But the desire to seek that will is my job. And um, that's why today, you know, um, I love the steps because there is a course of action. And in my 10 steps in recovery, I have to check with others. And sometimes I find God where, you know, I never knew God was or I expected God to be. Um, I don't know it all. Um, you know, so much changed since, um, you know, the time that I put the food down. And that course of action helps me survive the things that I've already known for years. Because in my, you know, 35 big, you know, life experience, 35-year experience, I thought I knew everything. And so I loved to interrupt. Um, I love to tell you, you know, oh, yeah, 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 but um, I don't want to do that, or this is going to be hard. I know that already, you know. And um, so today I'm really grateful that there are people in this program that are so patient and they were able to listen through butts and um, they were able to hear me through this butts and um, just really grateful for this program for Bill Bob the third um, recovered compulsive uh, alcoholic and for all of you and for your patience and generous service um, every day on this line because I can hear God through you guys every day and with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Nadia B. Marin K., you're next. Hi, Marin K. Thank you for letting me share and and welcome everybody. And thank you, moderator. <clears throat> I haven't really figured out where the big book. I have the old big book, but I relate to that. And then trying to pass on to the uh, person in the hospital. 
I grew up in hospitals from 20 to 30 because I was anorexic, bulimic, compulsive overeater, and sugar addict. And I was 60 pounds, and then I was in the hospital, and people from OA would come and talk to me. And I never forgot that. And um, I, although I never got abstinent, maybe 10 years later, <clears throat> I uh, the seed was planted. And I'm so grateful for the people of all of my programs who, who visited me and talked to me and 12-stepped me because eventually it worked. And um, I have to say I had a vital spiritual experience. Uh, once I was in the hospital out here in California recovering from anorexia, and bulimia, I said the serenity prayer, and I fed myself, and I had not fed myself all those times where I was hospitalized. I had to be force-fed, and it was a very bad experience, but I ended up feeding myself, and I found out that the love of the group and the love of you people on the line and the people in OA were the reason why I would feed myself, because I didn't love myself enough to feed myself. I had to do you guys. And um, I just... Uh, want to shout out for like sponsorship and 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 people who call and people who give up service because this is a selfless program and I have been saved from so many terrible things by people helping me and um, over the years I'm 23 years abstinent other things have happened and I still still receive so much help from the program and people like you and um, the big thank you Thank you so much, Marin Kay. Lisa S., you're next. Hi, I'm Lisa from uh, Portland, Oregon. Um, I love this reading. It reminds me of where I was 17 years ago um, when I was first walking into OA. I had spent a couple of years in a church um, that essentially said the same thing um, in slightly different words. They basically said, turn your life over to the God of the church's understanding and, you know, life will be good. And I would sit in church and think, wow, that sounds awesome. Sign me up. Um, And it never worked. It just never, ever worked. I never found that peace, that serenity, um, that joy of living that I saw other people in the same building in church having. Um, and when I came into OA, I, it, it's surprising to me now. I really had no idea that the 12 steps were a spiritual program. I just was desperately unhappy. And a, a friend's husband had been in recovery from alcoholism and she had shared a little bit about him getting sober and I asked him, do you think it might work with food? And he said, yeah. And so I went to my first meeting and when I read the steps, it was like, oh my gosh. Um, Because in my mind, they were the missing link on why I wasn't able to turn my, on what wasn't working in church because they were a very clear set of instructions. Um, and of course, um, when I started my fourth step, I started seeing that some of the reasons why it wasn't working in church, and to be clear, I'm not against church, um, was because of my fear of people, um, you know, and the way my, me and my disease was causing problems in my relationships, 
and also the way my disease was putting an obstacle between me and God. And also what I had been trying to do was trying to accept the God that the leader of the church said was God, trying to, trying to have a relationship with that idea of God. And I still have the same God, but our relationship is very different because it's a much more personal relationship. Um, I, I truly, I understand now that contrary to any evidence I had prior to um, life in OA, God, it's in our, it's in one of our steps in the OA 12 and 12, God loves me in my totality and is willing to help me in any and all decisions, including food choices. And it was that God loves me in my totality that was really important. And working steps four through nine helped clear away all that yuck that I'd been carrying inside of me for so long. Um, and so I'm, that's just what this made me think of. And I'm so very Hi. grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa S. Clay H., you're next. Hi. Um, I am just wondering, before I share, if there was an abstinent requirement for sharing, because it sounds like there's a lot of, there's a lot of sobriety abstinence in the speakers. So let me first ask nope. that. Nope. You oh. are right there. Please, this is your three minutes. Okay. Yes. Great. Thank you. You're invited to share. Um, yes. Yeah, I related to uh, someone's share in particular today um, who uh, about that I thought that I knew about spirituality. I um, I well, I just wanted to share part of my story was that when I was uh, 13 years old, I had my first suicide attempt, and I was in the hospital, and I said to God, and I grew up in the church, and I said to God, um, I'm done with you actually. I'm done with you, God. I don't want, I don't want you. You, you've done, my life is horrible. I'm, I'm not interested in you. Um, and I had already, even at that age, at 13, I'd already actually had spiritual experiences. I had a really profound moment in the church with Jesus's love filling me up when I was 11. Um, but at 13, I just said no. And then uh, I was led somehow in my life and I became a Tibetan Buddhist and I ended up going to a Tibetan Buddhist university and doing a ton of meditation and um, studying. I, I got a degree in religion. So I had this really big ego that I knew uh, what the spiritual path was. But somehow in the last few years, I, I did it again. I basically put my, my hand up to the spiritual life and I said, no, I'm, I'm not doing it anymore. Um, and I didn't know if I would ever really, I actually, it ended up that I, I actually felt like that I, I felt an aversion to spiritual people even. Um, and I, and I also didn't really know what the 12, 12 steps were when I came in, but, um, but I knew when I, once I read it, I had, I don't know if it, you could say it was, it was a miracle, but I did know right away, I'm willing to try this. I'm, I, I'm willing to use that word God. I'm willing to conceive that there's love in the universe that can help me be free. And I remember not only did I want to be free of my eating disorder um, and free of the misery that I was 
experiencing in my personal relationships. Um, but I wanted to actually, I had, because I'd been spiritual for, in a certain way for so long, I always had this idea that I wanted to help others and I wanted to serve others, but I wasn't, I haven't really been able to do it very much in, in small ways, maybe that we never know what our help, you know, we don't know the effects really that we have in the world, but, but I had this feeling that I had this, this love and this potential to, to serve that I, I couldn't access because of my disease. Um, so anyway, I, I appreciate so much. I just want to say at the end of my share that I am looking for another sponsor. I um, I had a sponsor relationship that is no more, and I am looking for another sponsor, and I'm on steps 9, 10, and 11. Um, so if anyone's open to it after the meeting, I'll stick around. And um, it sounds like there's so much recovery in this room, so it would be amazing if I, pretty much anyone who shared stuck around. Um, so thanks so much. And that I'll pass. Thank you, Clay H. It looks like time will allow for three, maybe four more people to comment on Charles those two H. paragraphs, 157, paragraph 7 and 8. Got you, Charles. Kaylina. Kaylina. Kathleen. Lisa J.R. Kathleen O. And I heard... Uh, Lisa J.R. Oh, Lisa J.R. That's who I heard. Okay. And Lisa, I'm not real sure we'll get to that fourth one, but we'll see how time goes, you know. So hang in there. Charles H., Kalina, Kathleen, and Lisa. Good morning to you, Charles. Good morning, Mel. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. This is such an interesting um, passage in the big book. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, you know, interpretations. So thank you for every share. I, I like, I want to speak to the line where it says, I used to be strong for the church, but that won't fix it. So, um, yeah, that won't fix it. But thank God there was a church directory that a certain person from Brooklyn made a phone call to get to number two and then, you know, fix the so-called bleeding deacon, um, Bill D. Um, Yeah, that won't fix it. And we'll learn tomorrow that um, fighting this booze racket alone, um, there's no room for God in there. There's no room for a higher power in there. Um, when I'm trying to do this alone and um, trying to recover alone, here's another place in the big book that says we can't do this alone. This is Chapter 11, bankruptcy, spiritual bankruptcy, physical bankruptcy, spiritually dead. We can't do this alone. And if I could just bring to the table that this is just a simple religious idea and a practical program of action. Here people bristle when they hear the word religion. We're not trying to teach you any theologics. We're not trying to preach to you. We're not trying to ask you for 10% of anything. We're just asking for a simple religious idea, which is a solution to my problem, and a practical program of action, which, is, which will deal with the main problem, my thinking. So I just thank God for that man in the bed. I'm that man in the bed every day because of situations going on, but I have a, a way out, a practical program of action that I can install every single day into every aspect of my life, and I'll come out not binging happily. And I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Charles H. Kalina M. Kalina M. Hi, this is Kalina. I'm a compulsive overeater from North Carolina, and um, 
I really related to the reading today, and um, <clears throat> I was always a deeply spiritual person, always have been, and at the root of it all, though, food was my God. I, I went to food for solace and comfort in the deepest sense, and, um, and you know, this disease and that, um, and making food my God, um, is so powerful, and I, I just really wanted to share tonight, today, because I've never shared on the line before, and I went to the convention, and I feel like I, I've just been hiding a lot, and I was supposed to read the 12 steps today, and I was like, I got on too late, where you, uh, Melanie was already giving them away, and, you know, it's just such a red flag to me, because I have a pattern of, um, my life gets too busy and I start spinning out of control and stop putting my connection to God and program first. And I'm just, that was just such a red flag and I see that happening. Um, and, you know, I just knew I had to share today because it's like that thing where you're either moving one step toward the disease or one step toward God. And um, I'm feeling really scared. Um because I'm feeling so much anxiety, I think, in my life. And I'm really wanting to learn how to give that to God. And if if things are too busy, if I'm not able to slow down and make space for my program, and I'm just looking at, I'm just looking at it objectively today, like I really want to see the signs, you know, because the food's the last thing to go. Yes, yeah. And Gosh. did you say time? No, I did not. Huh? That's, yeah. Okay. Um, and anyway, I'm just committing to, you know, I've, I lost, I had two sponsees and um, I lost them and I, you know, I, I'm resting on my laurels. I, I hadn't gotten another one, even though I told my sponsor I was going to, and I just see that m- my life is, is too busy. So I'm just saying this out loud to the group that I, I really need to take a pause here and get close to God. And, and I want to make an amends to the group, too, for um, not getting on the line in time to read the steps. And this is a real character liability, like a mismanagement of time. And um, anyway, I just feel hope as long as I'm taking actions in this program, this beautiful design for living that I know I've experienced can can help me be close to God, but not if I'm not putting it first in my life. And um, I'm just feeling really scared today. So thanks for everybody, and I pass. Thank you, Kaylina. Kathleen O., you're next, and that will make us um, top out this hour. Thank you. Good morning, Melanie, and everyone on the line. Thank you for all the great shares, everyone. This is Kathleen O., Recovered compulsive overeater in Northern California. And so the man on the bed talks about being boiled as an owl. Um, and I know that means drunk, but it's the strangest thing. Um, it's the only place I've ever heard is in the big books. But, you know, and that religion wasn't working. And, you know, I think religion is great, but it didn't work for me either. And yet this spiritual program did. And this talks about the course of action. And for me, the course of action is. You know, I need to have entire abstinence every day. And, you know, how do I do that? Well, I, I know that my higher power is going to guarantee me abstinence for the day. If I wake up, 
I surrender, I ask for my higher power's help, and I commit and write down a food plan. And all I have to do is stick to that food plan, and I'm going to have help making that happen um, through a higher power. And and the other course, the big course of action for me is, you know, is these these steps. Doing these steps um, is so so valuable and has made such a difference in my life. And continuing to live in 10, 11, and 12, um, you know, life gets challenging. Life gets difficult. It's not always easy. But at the end of the day, I'm I'm you know I gotta say for the most part I'm serene and happy and um, and that's like really doesn't make a lot of sense and it's really amazing when it happens. Um, but you know I always have this power greater than me that just kind of guides me through the day and and um, helps me get over humps when they come up and um, and it's just um, yeah I've got to stick to the course of action because the the spiritual um, work that we do in these principles following these principles. Um, my life depends on it. And thank you, I pass. Thank you, Kathleen O. And that does close out the recorded portion of our meeting today, but there's more to come. So hold on to your chair, please. So officially, as we always do at A Vision for You, we'll close this recorded portion with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Kathy Jo P. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you.